0: These things are very interesting ideas, all of these words authenticity, verbs node and uh, tonal consistency and what was the other one? I can't remember what the other one was. These are very good words, very interesting words. But I think we don't need them. Slinging puns at a bnB and b When he had an epiphany
1: And think a part in about time To about not playing D&D It was free through all And I heard him say He bought my Borderlands But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick Cause you're incapable
2: Thank you Mr TJ Drennan Welcome to Keep Off The Borderlands My name's Spencer aka Free Thrall PDF Holder RPG Player and Aspiring GM Now I'm really quite pleased with this episode Um, I have felt that the last couple of episodes have suffered a little perhaps from me not having someone to bounce my ideas off of. And I think perhaps unconsciously I'm throwing this stuff out there, maybe fishing for responses, fishing for Elaboration from callers And that seems to have paid off So as always I'm going to start off with An aperitif Responding to a couple of messages I've received Before we get on to the main course
1: Hey Spencer Jason here Sorry about leaving you a partial message last time you did a great job with Han Solo. I did expect to finish it myself, but I couldn't have done any better than you did, so it's all good. I will try to be more tripper and awake when I call. You take it easy. And yeah, that's about it. So I'll talk to you later.
2: Jason Connolly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast there. And thank you very much, Jason. I welcome a call from you anytime, day or night. It doesn't matter how well rested you are when you leave me a message. I always appreciate hearing from you. So thank you very much. And I'm glad to hear I didn't make a complete hash of it. Although I did I did reduce the character to three cliches instead of the uh, recommended four. But you get the idea.
1: hey there spencer it 's John here from the Red die stories i 'm just listening to your episode where you 're talking about rhesus and making hand solo in that system i 've got to admit i don 't really have a great deal well any experience of rhesus to be perfectly honest, although from your description of it, it pretty much sounds like a diet slash caffeine free version of the fate system to me only using cliches instead of aspects. I might be wrong, but that 's just the impression I got. But I very much enjoyed hearing your ideas about how you could make Han Solo. And if I remember correctly, someone did like a, there's like a version of Fate, which is aspect-only Fate, which does a sort of similar thing. But I just want to give you a call and say I was enjoying the episode, dude. I'm going to get back to listening to the rest of it now. Take care, and I'll catch you soon.
2: John Allen Large from Red Dice Diaries there, or sorry, the RDD RPG podcast. Thanks very much for that message, John. You are indeed correct. Uh, After a quick Google, I discovered that Rhesus was, in fact, based on fudge, which um, is what fate evolved out of. And um, what was also interesting, before it became known as Rhesus, it started life as a spoof of GURPS called Guck's generic universal comedy system. Glad you enjoyed the episode and thanks very much for that message. I felt in recent episodes I've only been skimming the surface of ideas you know I've been throwing these words and phrases out there without really getting my teeth into anything so I really appreciate this message that I received from Barney of Loco Ludus he emailed me An extended message. Now I hope he doesn't mind me doing this. As I was listening to his message. Certain things I wanted to say crop up at certain points. I'm going to break up that message. To perhaps give it the appearance of a conversation. However I will not be altering or censoring anything that Barney said. I just want to assure you of that. So without further ado, it's over to our Bavarian Sound Studio. Take it away, Barney.
0: Hi Spencer, it's Barney. I'm sorry about Ludus' last messages to you. Um, you know, he pinches my phone, calls people up, and um I don't know yeah. Um but I have I have put up with his ramblings a fair amount and so I think in 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 his defence he 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 was he was trying to articulate something. Um but I know I know that uh his accent makes it a little bit difficult sometimes I think to Hmm. Not to take it seriously, exactly, but um, to, to actually, you know, get through to, to what he might be, he might actually be driving at. Um, I didn't have to force him too much to apologise, so he sends his apologies to you anyway for um, for that um he he really hopes that he hasn't made you seriously consider stopping the podcasting um but then but then this is I think this is the point this is what he said to me anyway that um he wasn't he wasn't saying that that we shouldn't talk about things quite the opposite that he feels that certain terms actually stop the discussion.
2: Now, Barney, you can tell Dr. Ludas that there's absolutely no need to apologize. Now, I know he wasn't saying that we shouldn't talk about this stuff, perhaps more that I shouldn't be talking about this sort of stuff. <laughs> But I'm kidding, of course. You made some perfectly valid points, which um. I feel I understood. Although I certainly appreciate elucidation from yourself as it's allowed me to explore the topic a bit further.
0: Yeah, so... So based on what he then said to me and, and and I suppose my own thoughts on on the matter as well um, I just just wanted to briefly talk about those terms that you that you raised so you had authenticity verisimilitude internal logic and tonal consistency now tonal consistency i I really like the most it's my favorite one of those it's and it's it's a very very appealing idea but to start with authenticity why should we be doubting at any point that someone or something or the the way in which something is being presented as not being authentic. I don't know if you think of different types of music, they're all so radically different to each other and they express such radically different things um lyrically, compositionally, emotively, stylistically but they're all authentic. They're all they all exist They're all reflections on or expressions of existence.
2: They're authentic. Uh, You mentioned music there and um, my thoughts instantly went to Tom Waits, an artist like Tom Waits who very much affects a persona. He... Um, he's portraying a certain type of character, yeah, you know, sometimes different characters um and why that's you know affected the way he presents himself, I don't think there's any question about how authentic what he's conveying is you know it's certainly genuine emotion it's certainly it's tapping into something that we understand as being genuine i don't know how relevant that is just a thought
0: verisimilitude um so this is this idea that everything is sewn up Nicely. It all things all fit together. As Ludus pointed out in his message, you know, when you put different things together that might seem a little bit incongruous, but that they simply are presented together, they they very quickly generate a sense of verisimilitude. But a kind of a caveat to that is that in a role-play game aren't we looking for those moments where some clash happens, some surprise happens, some rift happens some action and you know even in the most one-dimensional accounts of the hero's journey or those kind of ideas the verisimilitude of the world is disrupted in some way now of course i'm talking about these terms i suppose not in the sense of a background just the background which all makes sense i'm talking about parts, dimensions of the composition and I think that's where I, I just wonder about these terms in that sense um, for verisimilitude I wanted to say well you know let's think about a, a Lars von Trier film Dancer in the Dark which I'm not a big fan of, Dogville which I like very very much how you know how does verisimilitude operate in those films? But do I doubt for a moment that they are coherent, uh, directed piece works works of commercial art, shall we say, something like that.
2: So, verisimilitude. Um, I think I threw that in there just because it's a word that I've heard from a few podcasts recently. And um, I don't know if that help matters, putting it in there. Um, although it did lead to this discussion. so So that was probably a good thing, as I understand it, it, the acceptance of stuff being part of a particular kind of reality, I guess. Um, what I probably didn't appreciate from what Dr. Ludus was saying, that you have... Really helped her clarify is how I can see it's the incongruity that is the interesting, the exciting stuff. Creativity coming out of combining disparate ideas, of those links between things, the connections we make. I mean, that's where the the new stuff percolates, evolves. So, yes, I can see the opposition there. And yet, aren't we required to have a, a kind of an agreed-upon understanding of what fits together what belongs within a context for before you can decide what is disparate what is other uh (laughs) sorry i'm just laughing at how i'm wondering even further into the reeds here and i'm not sure how helpful that might be
0: an example popped in my head i don't know if it's authenticity verisimilitude or moving into internal logic but let's imagine a wooden staircase. I think I was just walking down a wooden staircase. Let's imagine a, a wooden staircase. One of the steps is painted red. It's still clearly wood, but it's, a, it's painted red. As we move up the staircase and tread on the red step, red painted step, it suddenly cracks underfoot as as if it's been eaten by, you know, woodworm or something like that. Now, in terms of verisimilitude, if this were a staircase, surely all of the steps would have been built at the same time. Why has this one been replaced? Why is it painted red? And why has it been affected by woodworm when the others haven't, if it was replaced later? All of those things are the, the grain of, of this setting. But they don't necessarily tie up neatly together. There's a, there's a bit of a mystery about this staircase. Now, if I was to say that I only, at the very last moment, decided, or we only decided, that that one step would be worm-ridden and unsafe... That was not part of the internal logic before, to come on to the third topic there. There was no a priori internal logic. Rather, all of this stuff is being done later. A posteriori. A posteriori. <laughs> oh. A posteriori, I I, I can't even say it today. Goodness me.
2: (laughs) There you go. I just want to quickly jump in there and explain those terms for anyone who may not be familiar with them. A priori is knowledge you can infer or safely assume, um, basically, something predictable. A posteriori is something that can only be known after the fact. So say, using the example of that staircase, you look at a staircase, you would readily assume that you can walk up a staircase. There are too many problems. But let's say that one of those steps is, as Barney suggested, compromised, it's infirm. But it looks exactly like all the others. You would only know that after you've stepped on it. Back to Barney.
0: So, so the, the, the internal logic is being retroactively cohered, retrospectively applied. And it's not really internal, the logic. Because it's been decided upon, mapped out, set out, configured externally, if you like, by players or storytellers or designers or whoever.
2: Now, I'm not sure if I'm getting the wrong end of the stick here, but for me the internal logic in that circumstance described would be in the context of a game would be that there are traps in this world proceed with caution something like a red step on a staircase should be viewed with suspicion i guess that's the that's the kind of the adventure gaming internal logic i guess
0: now that i'm not dismissing this this the sense of that idea of internal logic i'm not dismissing any of these terms at all the the question for me is what do we come on to afterwards? You know, what's what's the next thing? Once we've established these terms, what do we do next? That's the interesting bit. That's the bit where we actually say something as opposed to just using labels that appear to mean something. Um, yeah, so... Of course things have we have a feeling for something. We have a feeling for something and there's maybe a grain, as I said, to to things some sense of detail some dimension. But then it's 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 exactly what what we come to next. All of these I, I guess what I'm saying is I think all of these things are basically these terms are basically givens. They're basically givens, and when things get interesting, is when we talk about more about a, a particular, a particular instance, and the details of what we feel are going on in
2: there. Something that springs to mind when I talk about internal logic is. Like the work of animator Chuck Jones, who used to do a lot of the Looney Tunes, Merry Melodies, and he came up with Roadrunner. Now, Roadrunner cartoons have some very simple and clear rules. This kind of uh, framework that he established in which... The creativity can take place, and that allowed him to kind of explore or exploit situations for all they are worth. Things like gravity, the way gravity operated in this environment was not how it operated. In the world, the rule would be that gravity wouldn't kick in until Wiley e. Coyote had acknowledged that that was the next logical step. You know, that was the next thing in the chain of events that he would either look down or attempt to feel the absent ground beneath his feet, before he would plummet. I don't know if that's helpful to anyone. And I'm I'm sure that's been explored by somebody else. And apologies to whoever spoke about that first and for not remembering where I heard it.
0: So to come on to the last one, the one I like the most... Tonal consistency. This this idea of a tone, you know, that's 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 really, that's really an appealing, it's really kind of seductive idea, that there's a tone, and I think we we do do that. So there it is. There is that sense of verisimilitude or internal logic or authenticity in in the senses that I guess you were. You were driving at, so I get that. I get that, and and I think Ludus really was just kind of um, being a bit cheeky to try and elicit a bit more from you. Tonal consistency. It it, it gives us a, a sense of stability, unity. Style. We can predict. You know, if something is consistent. We can predict what's going to happen. But again, I I come back to this idea. I wonder if in in our role play games, that actually the real, the real grit or the the, the the point of friction is exactly where the, the predictable consistent thing is challenged subverted knocked out replaced uh, cursed um, and that actually in a game we move through different tones not just from setting to setting or adventure to adventure but i wonder if also as we play the game as we go from player to player as we come back to the gm as as or in a response to something that has occurred the tone shifts so um, a staircase a staircase in one's old family home which might, if you like we could have a, a kind of sense of nostalgia um, And yeah, and that sense of returning home Initially, it then becomes uh, dangerous when we fall through the step and the, the passage of time becomes clear and the possibility of other dangers might arise. That's a change of tone in my mind.
2: I was thinking of some particular films Sprang to mind, not Lars von Trier, but maybe uh, a little less art housey. But there are particular films where there is a buy in later on in the proceedings, um, where you realize that you're watching a different kind of film. And There's kind of a choice to be made there. Am I on board with where this is going? Certain titles that spring to mind are The Prestige, Get Out, Dusk Till Dawn. These are ones that strike me as films that ask you to make a leap into whatever this story is now becoming. I love watching films where I don't know where they're going. I love having the rug pulled out from underneath me. But there are certain films that do this and are not successful um, for different reasons. Um, one that sprang to mind was Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. When that Introduces elements that are seemingly not in keeping with the tone of the franchise. That only served to confirm my suspicions that I already had about the film. Another situation that occurs to me is in the film. Hereditary, where partway through the film, something happens that makes it a different kind of story. And I was far more interested in the kind of film it was up until that point. I was more invested in the story I thought I was being told than what I was now being presented with. And I guess that's always a gamble. So
0: apologies from Ludus and I hope that these thoughts here are um, thought-provoking for you. Um, Thanks for everything that you do, Spencer. Bye bye.
2: Thank you so much for that, Barney. It was so welcome, so appreciated the fact that you would go to the lengths to break that down as you did. And um, just really, really interesting. And yes, yeah, it is, I think, what's most remarkable about this hobby is how accommodating it can be how flexible it is how fluid things can be and also jarring I was going to say I was going to suggest the fluidity means that things can easily switch from one tone to another but as you explained there a jarring shift in tone can be just as exciting just as thrilling so thank you again thank you for such a stimulating response that has caused me to um really examine what i was saying there and that's really really done me a big favor in uh i yes like i said i was Concerned that I've been sort of skimming over things, throwing out terms and not really fully exploring what I was touching on. So thank you for encouraging me to go deeper. Hold up. Well, just before I go, it was, of course, Kevin Madison of Dungeon Musings who did the episode entitled Roadrunner Rules which is uh, fantastic and um, I urge you to check that out well that's about enough from me I think thank you very much for listening Thank you so much for your calls. If you want to leave me a message, please contact me via the anchor link in the description. You can always email me or leave me an audio message at spencer.freethrall@gmail.com. at gmail.com. There's a Facebook page for Keep Off The Borderlands. You can find me on Twitter and MeWe on the Audio Dungeon Discord and various other places on Discord as free Thrall. I'd also like to thank TJ Drennan for the wonderful music he provides. And it just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ.